you find yourself frustrated with training your kids in the same areas over and over without any real change taking place? Are you discouraged because it seems that no matter what you do, you just can't reach the heart of your child? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's podcast. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. Today's topic is one I know will be encouraging to Christian parents. It's all about how to reach the heart of your child. But before we get started, here is a quick word from our sponsor. I read something online recently that really pricked my heart. It said, the church should handle adoption and caring for the fatherless like we handle the Great Commission. While not everyone is called to adopt, everyone does play a role in caring for the fatherless. Friends, this is why Ginger and I are thrilled to share more about our sponsor, Lifeline Children's Services. Lifeline believes that adoption is one way that God provides families for vulnerable children who need to know the love of Christ and the love of a family. They walk with foster and adoptive families and provide them with parent coaching, educational services, and professional counseling so they can better nurture and disciple their children. Whether you're a foster or adoptive family who could use support services, or if, like my family, you want to support those who have opened their homes to these precious children, you can find out more at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. Lifeline brings gospel hope to vulnerable children. Today's topic is one I know will be encouraging to Christian parents. It's all about how to reach the heart of your child. If you're like me, you've discovered through trial and error that yelling, screaming, shaming, and many other things we do out of habit or desperation just do not create any lasting obedience in our children. And it's certainly not the most winsome way to lead them to Christ. So it's no wonder that children lose respect for their parents or parents lose control of their children You know, America is now facing a real problem of undisciplined and disrespectful children. So, Ginger, how do you think, as a nation, we've gone off the rails? Well, Katie, you know as well as I do that we live in a nation that just pretty much defies God at every point, and that includes child training. And what I found is that it's it's not so much that parents don't desire obedience and respect from their kids. I I think it's pretty safe to say that most parents, if not all parents, desire to raise happy and obedient children, but it just seems that many parents just fail to to achieve those results. Mm -hmm. And I believe the main problem is that so many parents today, in an attempt to get their children to obey, uh, they just adopted these faulty child training methods, which focus only on the outward behaviors of their children, Mm -hmm. but they fail to reach the hearts. And so many parents, I think, have just developed this philosophy that if they can get their children to act right, to behave, that they're raising them the right way. But Mm -hmm. there is far more to parenting than getting our children to act right. We we want to get them to think right and to be motivated out of a love of virtue, a love for God, a love for what's right, rather than just a fear of punishment. You know, I think the first time I discovered that was when one of my kids was very young, uh, probably about four or five years old. And uh, this particular child was very shy or we thought and refused to speak to other adults when spoken to. And so my husband and I tried every method we could think of to get this child to obey. We did timeouts. We withheld activities. And, 
you know, sadly, it spiraled into shaming. Um, still no budging. And it was just so frustrating. But I realized I was never going to reach this child using what comes most naturally to my sinful nature. They're just there had to be another way. And that's about the same time I discovered your books and your teaching. And what really spoke to me was the focus on my child's heart rather than just addressing that outward behavior. Mm, yeah, because that's what we want to do. We, When we focus on the heart, we're focusing on the foundation of behavior. In other words, when our children sinfully express themselves, whether it be in the form of selfishness or disobeying or talking back or throwing tipper tantrums or whatever, mm-hmm. we need to understand that they're drawing from what's in their hearts. Proverbs 4, 3 says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. The heart is the well from which all of the responses to life gush forth. The behavior a person exhibits, that's just an expression of the overflow of the heart. So to put it very simply, the heart determines behavior. Well, and if there's anything we know about our hearts, the heart, it is that it's sinful. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But in a sense, you know, if we think about it as parents, that could actually be encouraging because it it would be unnatural if our children didn't sin because, after all, They are sinners just like we are. Mm. I remember many years ago when our children were young and my friend April asked me to keep her kids for a couple of days while she and her husband got away for a little anniversary trip. And my first parenting book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, and my Wise Words for Moms chart had already been out for a couple of years. And so the people in our church knew about my book. So they were, you know, familiar with that. I was a, a, a writer of of biblical parenting books. And so I had sort of developed this reputation of being the parenting expert in our (laughs) church, which I didn't like at all because A, I am not a parenting expert, and B, that kind of put me and my kids in a fishbowl. Oh, right. Yeah. So anyway, someone in our church found out that I was going to be keeping April's kids. And the Sunday before I was supposed to keep them, uh, this person came up to April right after church and said, I can't believe you would let her keep your kids. I would be so embarrassed for her to see how my kids act. And my (laughs) friend April, she never misses a beat. And she knows us very well. And so she comes back with, I'm not embarrassed for her to see how my kids act because hers act the same way and and how (laughs) right she is. Well, and can I chime in that I feel my own sinful pride creep in when the opposite happens to me. So if my children happen to be obedient at a moment when maybe other children around us aren't, I can sense my own self-righteousness in that moment. In fact, I was just at a restaurant the other day and the cashier commented on how well-behaved my children were in that moment. And I just felt my heart welling up with pride. Now, I'm not sure it was all sinful pride, but You know, that's a slippery slope when it comes to our kids' behavior, because Mm -hmm. one day they're sitting in a restaurant with their hands folded like good little angels, and another day they're drinking Tabasco from the bottle at Chipotle and screaming like mad while I scrape their tongue with toilet paper, and that (laughs) happened. I mean, that was a real scenario in my life. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. So this business of reaching the heart of our children is also, it's really just a self-check for us as parents. 
Yep. And same here, Katie. I can I can really relate on every level to what you just talked about as far as pride creeping in on those good days when my kids were behaving well, like sweet little angels, and especially if someone acknowledged it. But let me tell you, when my kids were growing up, the Lord always had a way of humbling me and letting <laughs> me know that I had not arrived as the perfect parent with the perfect kids. So to our listeners, I, I would like to just add a little to that and say that if you're reading any of my books or you're listening to me speak or you might be listening to this podcast. Well, they are obviously listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're listening to this podcast, uh, please understand that I do not teach on my own authority or my own ability. I teach on the authority of God's Word. Mm. Actually, if you could have visited my home when my kids were growing up and viewed some of my failures, you probably wouldn't be tuning into this podcast. (laughs) The, The simple truth is this. All kids are sinners, and they're going to manifest sinful behaviors. Even children with agreeable dispositions, they're, they're, they will occasionally show their sinful hearts. So the question is not, will they sin? The question is, when they sin, what will we do about it? Mm. Will we ignore them? Will we scream at them? Will we make excuses for their sinful behavior? Or will we take that time to train them up in the way they should go, which is what Proverbs 22, 6 instructs us to do? Oh, that's so good. And we just always want to trace that outward behavior back to the heart. That's right. Exactly. Because the Bible teaches that behavior is not the basic issue. The basic issue is always, always what is going on in the heart. The heart is the control center of life. Now, the thing that alerts us to our child's need for correction certainly is behavior, but we don't want to make that mistake that that so many parents make by allowing our desire for changed behavior to substitute our desire for a changed heart. Because if we can reach the heart, well, then the behavior is it's going to take care of itself. And so we also want to keep in mind that it is possible to cause our children to change that irritating behavior that's getting under our skin to that which is acceptable to us without an actual heart change taking place. But teaching children to change their outward behavior only, if you think about it, that's really no more commendable than teaching a seal to jump through a hoop. Mm. A change in behavior that doesn't stem from a change of heart, it's not commendable. It's actually condemnable because it's based on that same sort of hypocrisy that Jesus condemned in the Pharisees. Jesus said that they honored him with their lips. That's outwardly, but that their hearts were far from him. And Jesus labeled them as people who washed the outside of the cup while the inside was still unclean. know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> 
And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, just go to dwelldifferently.com and sign up today. Again, that's dwell, D-W-E-L-L, differently.com. Well, this is such a tempting trap, Ginger, because honestly, what I sometimes do want is trained seals. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that sounds appealing on some days. Uh, what I want is my own comfort. So just no complaining, fussing or fighting just for five minutes, just please. Um, but then there are other times I don't want my children to act out because of my own fear of others and how my kids' behavior reflects on me. And both of these reasons reflect my own sin and don't at all deal with the sin in my kids' hearts, right? Right. And if we're honest, Katie, we all have our moments of being self-focused, of wanting our kids to behave just so we can have a break. Because let's face it, parenting can be exhausting, especially on those days when we struggle, uh, when our kids struggle with those same issues over and over, and we're having to train them in these same things over and over. And of course, it's hard for us to you know, not be embarrassed when our kids act out in front of others. But you're right. When we're self-focused, that's when we're tempted to fall into the trap of only addressing that outward behavior while neglecting what is on the inside. But when we do that, we're really being shallow in our parenting. And we can actually cause our children to become manipulators because they can learn to please us by jumping through the hoop, by acting the way that we tell them to act out of a fear of punishment. But they will not learn the righteousness of Christ. As a matter of fact, if we only focus on those laws of outward behavior, but we fail to really reach their hearts, we risk our kids viewing Christianity as a rigid or stale or nitpicking religion that is made up of nothing but legalistic rules. And as a result, they may never experience what it truly means to know Christ and His power to transform lives. This can happen if we just demand that change behavior, but we fail to address the heart issues. Mm, that's right. But God's Word does say that we're to teach our children to obey and to require proper behavior from them. So Colossians 3.20, for example, is one we know really well in our family. And we even have a little song that we had them learn from a very early age, and I'll spare you my singing voice. <laughs> but the verse says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. That's right. But what, what we need to understand and what we need to help our children understand is that it's their straying hearts that has resulted in that wrong behavior. Okay, so how do we do that? By drawing out the issues of the heart, by becoming a skilled heart prober. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 18.2 talks about people who only practice talking to rather than really seeking to understand by talking with. And that verse says, the fool does not delight in understanding but in airing his own opinion. And, and then Proverbs 18, 13, we're reminded that he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Mm -hmm. So based on these verses, we, we understand that the finest art in communicating is not necessarily in learning how to express our thoughts and feelings, but in learning how to draw out the thoughts and feelings of someone else. I have to say that part about airing his own opinion or her own opinion. <laughs> um, 
that's very convicting to me. Well, um, I want to say it's a running joke in my husband's family that they would rather have been spanked than to be lectured by their dad, my father-in-law. Um, you know, dad, just go ahead and inflict physical pain rather than make me sit here and listen to you talk about what I did for 45 minutes. Now, I'm not saying that my father-in-law was guilty of what you're talking about, but I do think many kids, if not most kids, have that knee-jerk reaction when their parents sit them down for a serious talk. Like, here we go again. What did I do wrong this time? That's And that's another good reason as to why we want to keep our objective in communicating to understand our children, not mm-hmm. just to get them to understand us. That's right. You know, good communicating, it's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. So rather than just making them sit through yet another long one-sided lecture where their eyes glaze over and they completely (laughs) tune us out, we want to help our children to draw out what is going on in their own hearts. Because when we do that, we're teaching them um, how to evaluate their own motives. Mm. And the Bible gives us many examples of where Jesus did that, of where where Jesus caused people uh, to look at their own heart. If you think about it with so many of the stories in Scripture, when someone did something wrong, Jesus didn't point his finger in their face and say, this is what you did wrong, and this is what you should have done instead. No, rather than telling someone right from wrong, Jesus often used thought-provoking questions. Mm -hmm. And in order for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because Jesus He was a skilled heart prober. He knew how to ask those questions in such a way that the people had to take their focus off of the situations and the circumstances around them and onto the sin in their own heart. You know, that makes so much sense to me because I know, well, for me personally, when I figure out something on my own, I'm so much less likely to forget it than if someone else figures it out for me and, you know, just gives me the answer. Exactly. Just like in solving math problems. We all know that we learn more and understand more about a math problem if if we figure it out on our own versus someone else figuring it out for us and then just telling us the answer. Mm. If someone just gave us the answer to math problem A, well, they're probably going to have to give us the answer to problem B as well because we've not learned anything on our own. We've not developed that skill to figure out problems on our own. And because we lack that skill, we can actually become dependent on someone else just telling us the answers. But if we're required to figure out the answer to math problem A on our own, then we're going to be better equipped to figure out the answer to problem B. Likewise, when our children learn how to recognize what's going on in their own hearts, they're more likely to demonstrate godly responses on their own. And in doing this, they're growing in wisdom. But when we just always tell them what their problem is and what they ought to do about it, we're Mm -hmm. hindering them from learning how to think like a Christian, and they can wind up becoming handicapped in the area of discerning issues of their own heart. So Mm -hmm. our goal is we want to train them to think like a Christian. And one way that we can do that is by following the example that Jesus set in causing them to think by asking questions that will guide them in seeing whatever situation they're in through God's point of view. That's where your wise words for mom's chart comes in handy, Ginger. Um, For those of you who aren't familiar with this chart, it's, I mean, it's a lifesaver when it comes to disciplining our kids. What Ginger has done is she's broken down common behavior problems that children struggle with into alphabetical order. There are 22 different behaviors like whining, lying, tattling, arguing, complaining, blame shifting, 
uh, you know, nothing we struggle with here in my house, but uh, those are just <laughs> a few. Um, and then she offers a very simple three-step plan for addressing those behaviors from a heart-oriented biblical standpoint. You can actually see a sample with just a few of the behaviors at gingerhubbard.com slash resources. If you just click on the wise words for mom's chart, you can see how Ginger breaks down that three-step plan. I actually have a copy of Wise Words for Moms in our homeschool classroom, as well as next to the refrigerator in our kitchen. And, you know, because I'm such an organizational nerd, I actually cut up the chart and put it into sheet protectors and I have it on a binder clip. So, but it's been the most used parenting resource in our house by far. Wait, Katie, did you just say you cut up my chart? (laughs) Isn't that illegal? I think there's some sort of law about that. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) It makes it more, I don't get spaghetti sauce on it. That's why I put it in sheet protectors. Okay, okay. But seriously, I found that one of the most helpful aspects of the chart is in step one, where you offer two or three suggested heart probing questions. Sometimes when I'm in the heat of the moment, I'll refer to the questions you've already thought through, and it gets me going in the right direction. It helps me to help my kids focus on the heart issue instead of just the outward behavior. So today, we've basically focused on step one of the three-step plan in your wise words for moms. You'll definitely want to tune in, listeners, um, to next week for part two of How to Reach the Heart of Your Child, where we'll be talking about steps two and three. You can order your Wise Words for Moms chart today at gingerhubbard.com and save 10% by using the code PARENTING. We're also offering a buy three, get one free special on the Wise Words for Moms charts. I like to give these as baby shower gifts, so I always have at least three or four of them on hand at any given time. Ginger, I'm so excited about all the families that will, Lord willing, be encouraged by this podcast and by your books. As we close out our time today, can you offer us some encouragement about how to reach the hearts of our children? Sure. Let's all try and keep in mind that when we help our children evaluate their own hearts by asking those heart-probing questions that we talked about, we're helping them to understand the sin that's there, which helps them to recognize their need for Christ. And that is our ultimate goal in parenting. So when our kids misbehave, let's all strive to reach past that outward behavior, pull out and address the issues of the heart, and point our children to their only source of help and hope, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoy this podcast, can we ask you a huge favor? Could you leave us a rating or a review wherever you're listening? It really does help us get the word out so we can encourage more and more families. If you don't enjoy this podcast, just carry on. You know, nothing to see here. (laughs) Uh, In addition to the Wise Words for Moms chart, check out Ginger's book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, which is on the topic of heart-oriented discipline. Long before I even met Ginger, this book was on my list of books to reread every year. It's just that helpful. And we're offering both of these resources at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash ask ginger, and we will do our best to answer it in a future episode. We look forward to being with you again next week when we will talk more in depth about the three-step plan and how we can use it to reach the hearts of our children. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. If 2020 taught us anything, it's that homeschooling is doable for almost any family, but that doesn't mean it's easy. One thing my husband and I do for ourselves every year is to go to our favorite homeschooling convention called Teach Them Diligently. 
There, we hear from amazing speakers who are just truly experts in their fields, including one of my favorite speakers, Ginger Hubbard. You may have heard of her. (laughs) She'll be at all four in-person events this year. Teach Them Diligently is more than just a convention, though. It's a trusted community of like-minded homeschoolers, and they provide helpful content to equip you to homeschool and disciple your children better. My husband and I have been to other homeschooling conventions, and you know, one thing I noticed about Teach Them Diligently is that it is truly Christ-centered and family-focused. For more information about the upcoming virtual and in-person Teach Them Diligently events, visit teachthemdiligently.net. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net.